Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm recording this at 12.41 a.m. Uh, earlier today we had a really awesome Sunday. Uh, this is our last official Sunday of guest speakers before uh, Hannah comes back to join us after having baby Nova. We're so excited for her to come back. But first... Next week, we have one more special service. We don't really have guest speakers because we're not doing a sermon or message. Instead, we're just going to kind of have a fun day. We're going to celebrate the fact that 2020 is over. We're going to celebrate the fact that 2021 is here. We're going to have fun music and we're going to have magic. That's right. Uh, Chris and Ryan from Zubrick Magic, our very own Chris and Ryan, are going to be performing about 30 minutes of magic for us. Some of it is stuff they've never even done before. So I am really pumped. Uh, ever since I met them at church and found out they were magicians, I've been scheming for this moment and it's about to happen. So you don't want to miss church next week. Um, come in person at 1030 or you can watch live streaming on Facebook or YouTube or you can, you know, of course, catch up after the fact um, on Facebook or YouTube. I don't know. I mean, I guess we might not have a podcast next week because... You can't really podcast magic, right? I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with an interview or something so that we can put something out there. That could be fun. Um, Okay, also next week, if you're coming in person, we are really pumped because we are going to have coffee back. We haven't had coffee since the uh, COVID shutdowns. And one of the first things that we did whenever we started as a church was to make sure that we partnered with a local coffee company and had delicious coffee on hand for everybody for free. Uh, so we actually serve Black Crow Coffee. Black Crow is our neighbor. They're like two doors down from us. And so starting this coming Sunday, you can come and drink delicious Black Crow Coffee. Yay! Uh, this is really cool. I actually have announcements. We've, we're starting to like do things again. And I'm going to be updating the website in the next few days with some events that we have coming up. Uh, We're going to be offering diversity training as a church that believes there is absolutely nothing wrong with the LGBTQ plus community. uh, In fact, we demand and beg that you bring your whole self to church. You don't have to hide who you are. You're totally welcome at different church, no matter uh, who you are. Uh, We think that it's our privilege to help train people on um, how to kind of operate in a more diverse environment. So if you've ever had uh, questions about people who are different than you, then this is a great safe space to come and learn and ask questions. And we are partnering with Metro to put on two different trainings, one in January, kind of like the intro. And then in February, there's like a 2.0 training. Uh, I don't have the exact info on me right now. So just Check out the website in the next few days because I'll be adding it to the events section, which I haven't done that since like March. So hopefully I still know how to use the website. (laughs) Okay, that's all of the announcements I have for you today. As I said earlier, we have one last guest speaker before Hannah joins us again in two weeks. Uh, Today's guest is Jason Sowell. He and I go way, way, way back. I love this dude. Um, I've just seen some amazing work from him over the years. He is the um, founder and CEO and 
everything EO of a really cool organization called Current Initiatives. We've actually partnered with them to help put on some laundry projects where we provide uh, free laundry for people who are struggling to afford it and sometimes have to choose between clean clothes and groceries. So he does um, that along with a bunch of other really cool things. Um, we are so pumped to have him. He's the coolest guest speaker we've ever had, which I say every time we have a guest speaker, but whatever, I mean it. All our guest speakers are amazing. Um, so give it up for Jason Sowell, who is curious to know if you traveled anywhere for Christmas. Did anyone break the rules and travel somewhere and see people you weren't supposed to see? Don't lie, it's church. No, actually, I think there's a lot of lying that happens in church that so probably doesn't fit very well. Um, yes, uh, thanks for having me here today. I'm really excited to, uh, to be here with y'all. This is actually only the uh, second actual live church service I've been to in nine months. So uh, I forgot what that's like. I forgot what it's like to like be in a room full of people like this. And uh, last week, or two, two weeks ago, I was in uh, Las Vegas. We run some projects with my organization in Las Vegas. We had a big thing out there, and I spoke at a church there. And it was super weird, because literally the first time I'd been in, in a, a live church service around people, it's been all on screens, or just I haven't gone to church at all. So all of this might be real bad, because I'm real inexperienced for nine months of being in, being in church. So um, it's it's great to be here with y'all. Does it feel weird for you right now? Is it like kind of normal? Is it getting back to normal a little bit for you? What does it feel like for everyone? Both, yeah. It probably, I mean, for some of you, it's probably real nice to be separated by chairs so you don't have to have that awkward, why is this person sitting so close to me when there's an empty room with lots of other chairs? Like going to the theater by yourself and that one person comes and sits like two seats away from you and there's 300 seats in there. Um, so I feel like after things kind of get back to normal and their you know, social distancing doesn't have to happen anymore, I think you should still set up chairs just like this for all the, uh, be, for, for people like me who's extreme extroverts and I will sit right next to you if I don't know you and then want to talk to you, for all the introverts that are scared of people like me, this is probably great. You should probably just keep it like this and go, keep that weirdo on the other side six feet away from me in those chairs. I don't want to talk to him. Um, so it's really interesting and cool to be here with you. Thanks for, thanks for having me today. It's Christmas time, obviously, my favorite time of the year. Is anyone else like me that like Christmas is the absolute best time of year? Of course, it's your birthday, Haas. Like, it's your time of year. Uh, anybody, anybody love Christmas? Like, you're just obsessed with it? How many of you put up lights for Christmas? How many, uh, I mean, outside. Uh, there's, I'm going somewhere with this. How many of you put up, keep your hands up if you put your lights up outside. How many of you just leave them up year-round? Yeah, there you go. That's the real Christmas people. That's like, nah, these are saying. Now, here's the weird thing that my dad used to do growing up is that he would, we uh, a lot of times would leave those up, leave the lights up, but he would just take the bulbs out and just leave the strings up, and then he would go through and take all the bulbs out and save the bulbs, and then next year he would come back out and put the bulbs back in. Anybody else do that? Anybody else's family that weird? No? Just the weird redneck area that I grew up in. Perfect. Um, yeah, it was like this weird, uh, and one year it felt real bad. He, he fell off the ladder, broke his arm, trying to, and so then for a while we just had like half a light string hanging from the house for several months because uh, he didn't finish it, 
obviously, because you fell off the ladder, and it just stayed there. So we still plugged it in, and it was just like a weird string of light just hanging out. So that's kind of the product that I come from. But Christmas for me is, I wish Christmas was all year round. I wish like Christmas songs were normal year round. My family hates me this time of year, because as soon as Thanksgiving's over with, it's nothing but Christmas music. And it'll be the same thing over and over and over again for like three months. And my family's like, listen, it's March. Christmas is over. And I'm like, no, Christmas is in your heart year round. So uh, that's what I believe. That's what I subscribe to. Um, but Christmas, absolute favorite time of year. One of my favorite stories of Christmas time, um, this is how like deep, cheesy Christmas I am. My absolute favorite story is A Christmas Carol. Anybody else love that one? Charles Dickens story? You guys are real not awake. Is it... Did you? Yeah, it's the coffee, right? There's no coffee. It's what it is. Next week, okay. Um, a Christmas Carol. My favorite. My favorite story. I'm so. I don't care how many times they make it into a movie and how many awful, like cheesy versions of it there is. I will watch every one of them. You, if they come out with a new one every year, they'll get my money every year. They could just use the same actors over and over again for the rest of my life. I will watch it a new movie every year. I love it. I love it so much. It's like uh, the quintessential Christmas thing to me is that story. But the thing that I love about it is that it's so much of it reflects what life should be for us, right? So much of that story is about the choices that we make in a moment and reflecting on our past and looking to our future and the present choices that we make in this moment right now. Because so much of life is made up of that, right? Especially in a year like this year, where we're kind of scrambling to figure out, like, what does life look like? What's our normal? What does, uh, what if 2020 is a trash year? I want it to go away, and I'm hoping next year is better. And all of these things that we get caught up in, it's so reflective of that story. And I think there's some lessons from that that mirrors exactly what Scripture teaches us about how we are to live life and what God um, intends for us to do in moments like that. In fact, there's a moment at the end of that story that I want to read to you before we jump into this scripture where um, we all know the story, right? Think of it in your mind, whether it's the Mickey Mouse one, which arguably the best, um, the Muppet one, uh, whatever it is, whatever version you ascribe to. We all know the story, right? He meets the ghost, and the last one is the, the ghost of Christmas future, or Christmas yet to come, and he's kind of realizing what a terrible person he's been most of his life, and they're in a graveyard, and the ghost is just pointing at this, pointing at this grave, and Scrooge says to him in this moment, before I draw nearer to that stone in which you point, said Scrooge, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be or are they the shadows of things that may be only? Still the ghost pointed downward to the grave by which it stood. Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead, said Scrooge. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me. What he asked him in that moment is, is this future that you are pointing to me, all of these things you've shown me, is this future set in stone, or if I make different choices, 
will that future be different? Before I look at this headstone on this grave, tell me, spirit, can the course change? And of course, there's no answer. We find out the rest of the story that he changes course and things go differently. And I think that's the exact kind of lesson that we need to think about right now at the end of 2020, looking at 2021, thinking about life, thinking about the things in the past. What Scrooge says in that moment is the past I can't do anything about, it formed who I am. Tomorrow, the plans that I have for tomorrow and what might come after that, I I don't have any control over that either, except in one way, the choices that I make right now today in dictating the course of my life from this moment forward. So many of us make plans. I think especially this type of year, we start making all of those um, you know, resolutions that we never follow through on, and we think about it's a new year, things are fresh, and all of that, and like, especially this year, like next year will be different, and hopefully, and I have all these plans and things that I want to do. Earlier this year, I had plans to travel all over the place. I was going to go to uh, the Netherlands, because uh, my, my nephew and friends were all going to go there. I was going to go watch... Uh, live my favorite soccer team in the world for the first time. And then COVID came along and said, no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here. Had all these plans for my organization and things that we're going to go play new states and things that we're going to do this year. And all of those fell through. And I remember nine months ago, sitting there at my house, realizing everything's quarantined, everything, what do we do now? And thinking to myself, I don't, I don't know what the rest of this year holds. I don't know what to do with that. And I remember flying on an airplane, coming back from Las Vegas, because we had just done some projects there. And it was that first weekend where everything started shutting down, and no one really knew what, what to do. So I remember getting on this flight, and... Uh, Las Vegas, like casinos were, were closing down and all this things. I remember getting on this flight and everyone just being so like, don't touch me. I don't, is it okay to sit next to each other? Uh, people just like, you know, like when you see doctors when they wash their hands, they're about to go in the surgery room and they're just holding their hands up like this and like, don't, I feel like everyone getting on the plane like that. Um, flight attendants, just weird. And everyone like, yeah, I don't, can we, can you touch the drink that I just touched, I don't know what to do, and having all these like weird experiences on this flight coming back. And so on my flight, as I was thinking through, like, what are, what are we going to do? What's it going to look like? What are we going to do with projects? Maybe we're not doing any projects. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm going to sit in my house and stare at the wall for the next couple months. And at the time, it was a short, going to be a few weeks, and maybe everything will be back to normal, and then what do we do? And on my flight, I watched this movie, maybe some of you have seen it, called Jojo Rabbit. Have any of you seen this movie? Not at all what I expected it to be. Watched this movie, and in the middle of this movie, I had a, I'd say, an epiphany of something that was said and struck me for how should we live life going forward. If you know anything about the German history of that time and the Nazis and what they would do is searching after people that they considered potentially to be um, spies or people that weren't following the rules as they should, people that were trying to help the allied forces. And they would take those people 
They would hang them in the town square as an example for everyone around to recognize that this is what happens when you don't follow the rules. And there's a scene in this movie where the, the child, the main character, is walking with his mom, and they're walking to this town square, and he sees these neighbors that he knew hanging there in the town square, and he looks at his mom and says, Mom, what did they do? And in a way that so many great moms can do answering a question without answering a question, she just looked at him and said, they did what they could. And it struck me in that moment. There's a lot in this world right now that I can't control. There's things that I can't do, that I have no control over the outcome, what's going to happen tomorrow and all these things. But what can I do? And so for us at Current, it became a mantra of doing what you can. I can't fix all the problems that's coming forward. I can't solve everything that's in front of me. I don't know what tomorrow has. But there are some things that I can do. And my role and my job is to do the things that I can do. In Scripture, in Romans chapter 12, um, Paul is writing during this time to different churches. He's writing letters to them. It's kind of like uh, first century email, basically. I kind of picture, um, especially in this year, where church is not, for a while, was not gathering. We didn't have this for several months. People were in their homes, and church is pivoting, much like different did, and like doing online things. And I know you're in your home in quarantine, but at least we can have that connection on some level somewhat mirroring the first century when they were persecuted for being, for being Christ followers and there was, it was dangerous a little bit for them to gather together in crowds and they would do it sometimes secretly in homes and their only, their only source of, of scripture, their only source of teaching was a letter that someone like Paul wrote to them at the time to give them uh, instruction on what to do and how to, how to live and how to live their life and how to follow Christ properly and all those things. And these apostles are writing letters and in Romans, what's interesting to me in some ways mirroring our, day, our, our days today is that as Paul's writing this letter to the Romans, it's at a time when they were arguing over inclusivity of, of different people within the, the church of Christ, that um, their argument was, no, some of them were arguing, though, it's just for the Jews, it's just for the Jewish people because Christ is a Jew and he came and we're the chosen people and all of that. And others arguing that, no, it's open to everyone. God's love is for all races, all people, all walks of life. And they're having this back and forth with all of this. And Paul comes through writing this letter to the church at Rome. Romans, oh, many of them Gentiles, many of them not um, a part of their, what they would have considered their inner circle um, chosen people. And he's writing them saying, it's including for you as well. This gospel is for you as well. And he's writing instructions to them. And he gets to chapter 12. And this is what he says. Um, if you, I don't know, if you have a Bible app, you want to read it along, whatever. Um, it's not going to be on the screen, but just I'll read it through for you here. In Romans chapter 12, saying this, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I'm going to pause right there because I grew up in church, and if you're like me growing up in church and hearing the scripture, it was a weird thing to go, wait, I'm supposed to offer my body as a sacrifice? That's a weird, 
What do we, because in my head, it's like sacrifices, like, okay, I'm supposed to show up and you're going to kill me? I don't understand. What does that mean? Um, what he's saying to them in this moment is your true and proper worship, it's not just about music. It's not just about singing. It's not just about on a Sunday morning singing and that's worship. Worship, your true worship is how you live your life every day, is waking up and saying, my life is not just my own. My life also belongs to God, and God is directing my life. And today, I will do the things that I can to honor and reflect who God is in the world and what the gospel of Jesus Christ taught and how to operate in the world around me. That's what the true worship is, is how we live our life every day and the choices we make to affect the next day. He says to them, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. What he's saying is, don't live life the way everyone else did. Jesus came along and offered something different. At this time especially, it was very exclusive. It was very much us versus them. It was very much um, get what you can be selfless. Look at what you can build and how you can advance yourself. And Jesus came along and said, that's not, that's not, how, that's not how we roll. What I have designed life, the, re, the way that I have designed life is for you to live a life that is different than the world that you were used to, that is different than those are the sick and hurting and cast them outside the gates. The world that I have designed, the life that I have designed for you is those are the sick and hurting and those are the people that we love and hug and bring into the fold and show love and compassion to, that we show kindness to, that kindness goes above hate and anger, that love trumps all of those things, that instead of being selfish, be selfless, that if someone asks you for their coat because they are cold, give them your shirt also, because we are more than just separated people. We are joined together as one. And what he's saying to them in that moment is the choices you make right now, do what you can. If you have a coat and they don't, what can you do? You can give them that coat. But you also have more because you have more shirts at home, so you can give them your shirt also. Do the thing that you can in the moment is what he's saying to them there. He says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for you, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, for just as each of us is one body with many members, yeah, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. I love this part, because what he starts saying in this, in this part of scripture is like, listen, you don't have to solve all the problems. Find your role. Understand what your role in that moment is and do that. Fulfill that function of the body. Each member belongs to all that. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. 
Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I'm going to pause right there. I think those three statements are so fitting for the year that we live in, for all the things that we have to do for other people, all the wearing masks, uh, thinking of other people, like thinking about if I, if I don't wear a mask, is that going to affect someone else? I think it's the easiest thing in the world for us to do, the, like the least amount of effort, not to get on this soapbox, but the least amount of effort that we can do is to look at someone else and think, it, by me putting a piece of cloth over my face will save and help someone else. As a, I don't care what you ascribe to in life, if you call yourself any kind of person of faith, our first thought should be, what does the other person need above myself? Because that's what Jesus modeled. Jesus said, it's not, it's not you first, it's them first. So if by wearing this cloth over my face helps that other person, then that's the least amount of things that I could do, I should do it because it's the right thing to do. Because in those moments, what he says here be joyful in hope, patient in affection, faithful in prayer. Be patient with what the world has for you. Don't react in anger and hate and selfishness and no, this is, no, I, I don't have to do that because you know what? I believe in God and God's got me covered and you know, if I get sick, God's going to heal me. Right. That's why he gave us doctors. That's why hospitals exist. That's why medicine exists. Because he wasn't saying, like, you know, be stupid and just depend on, it's only on me. What he's saying is make the right choices. I've given you a brain. I've given you parameters. I've given you a guidebook to live life. Do the thing that you can. What's the next right choice for you? Don't worry about necessarily plans for tomorrow. Don't think about all of that. The problem is, and I think the, one of the lessons here is that so often we make plans and we sacrifice the present moment. We sacrifice the present kindness or action or compassion that we can give in the moment for the sacrifice of the future plans because it doesn't in that moment fit the thing that we think we want to do tomorrow. And I think what God is saying to us is, yeah, those plans are beyond your control right now. The thing that is within your control is in this moment to make the next right choice. What is the next right thing? The person that's in front of you that's hurting, that needs help, help them. Tomorrow will work itself out based on what you do today. His next statement, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I think that's something that we could all take with us in this moment. A constant reminder that, as he said, do not conform to this world, but renew your mind, transform, transform your mind. One of those things is not retaliating in anger when people attack us, but to show love and compassion and understand the hurt that they are operating from and show love despite that anger and hate. 
Rejoice with those who re- rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Once again, a statement of you can't control everything. So stop worrying about the things that you can't do and do the thing that you can do. If it's within your control, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with those around you. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The questions that I want you to ask yourself today in response to the scripture is two things. One, what are the things that I can't do? And two, what are the things that I can do? One of the things that me personally that I had to come to terms with in my life um, and many times in therapy and non-official therapy, which is other friends telling me what's wrong with me, um, if you understand what that is, uh, people, one of the things that I've learned personally for myself is that I'm a, I'm a fixer. I want to fix everything. Someone tells me a problem, I have a hard time not just listening and being compassionate in the moment and feeling that um, hurt that they're, that they're experiencing. My brain immediately goes to, into, oh, well, I know five ways that you can fix that, so let me tell you. Like, number one, stop doing this and start doing this. And I just stop listening uh, if I don't actively, like, try because my brain just starts telling me all the ways I can fix their problem for them. And in fact, not only does it tell me, like, my brain goes, not only, like, here's how you fix your problem, my brain goes, here's how you fix your problem. You know what? I, I'll just fix it for you because it's going to be easier for me to fix it because I'll do it faster and quicker. So who, who needed to call? I'll call them and I'll fix that for you. Like, that's how my brain just goes into it. And I had this weird natural thing that I just want to fix everyone's problems for them. But I've had to come to terms so many times in my life that I cannot fix other people. I can't fix their problems. I can't fix any of that. The things I can't do is fixing other people. So I've had to come to terms with what can I do in that moment. The thing that I can do is I can listen, is I can feel what they feel. I can help if they ask for help. I can show love and compassion to the person that is hurting. Those are the things that I can do. And rather than thinking about in the future, here's how I can fix your problem so you don't have that thing again, what I can do in that moment is the choice I make right now is to show love and compassion and help in the way that you need help. And maybe tomorrow will be different for you. Maybe tomorrow will be different for us. And I'll be better and you'll be better. What I can't do is I can't control the circumstances around me. 
I can't control the circumstances of the world that we live in right now. I can't control other people's actions. I can't control the world. I can't control the government. I can't control all of these things. But what I can do is I can be humble, is I can recognize my own shortcomings and that I can recognize the things that I can do. I can recognize the gifts that God has given me and I can use those in the moments that need to be used. I can stop being concerned with what does next year have? Will it be better? And I can concern myself in the moment that the choice I make right now will help dictate a better tomorrow. The compassion I show in this moment will make tomorrow a little better and the day after that and the day after that. One of the best stories, I think, in Scripture is in the Old Testament. There's so many weird stories, but one of the most interesting to me is when the Israelites show up to their promised land and they're separated by a river that they have to cross. And just a few years before this, Moses had let them out, led them out of slavery in Egypt. And they watched in this story, if you all know the story of God separating the waters and they walked across dry land to escape their captors and all that. And I think in the moment that they show up here, they're expecting God to do the same thing because they saw what he did before, how God changed things in the moment for them. But now it's Joshua leading them. And Joshua maybe as a leader is thinking the same thing, that God's gonna show up in the same way. But what God told him was just walk to the banks of the river and just start walking out. I'll take care of things from there. And they get to their river and the water doesn't separate. So they don't know what to do. And Joshua just tells them, just start walking and see what happens. And in this story, with every step that they took, the water separated just with each step. It didn't separate all the way. It separated with each step. And the beauty of that story to me is that so many times in life, we walk to the edge of something, a future that we don't understand, that we don't know, we don't know how to control, and we want to kind of grab on all the parameters. And really, all God expects of us in that moment is to do what we can, to take the step that we can take. And recognize and have the faith that in every step that we take, God has something ready for us to continue moving forward. That he takes those steps with us, that God moves with us in those moments and helps us deal with that future, the uncertainty, one step at a time. So as we look at this coming year, we're finishing out this past year. Band, you guys can come on up. Um, as we look at this future of uncertainty, I would challenge you today to maybe the next few days over the next little bit of time is maybe sit down and just reflect and think, what are the things that are out of my control that I'm so uncertain about, the things that I can't do? 
and recognize those things. And then at the same time, ask yourself the question, what can I do in this moment? What are the things that I can do? And focus on only those things for now. Because tomorrow, next year is going to be what it's going to be. But just like in a Christmas carol, can tomorrow be different based on the choice that I make today? I believe it can, and I believe Scripture teaches us that and tells us we're not God. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the control. But we can do the thing that we can do. We can show kindness and compassion in that moment. We can make the next right choice. And in that way, showing to the world around us that we are being transformed by renewing our minds through Scripture, through God's truth for us. Especially in church world growing up, I think we focus so much on the future and like one day when we die, we'll be in heaven and hell and all of those, all of those kinds of things. And I think that's the wrong focus. I think what God is saying to us is the gospel isn't just about future and tomorrow and the things that are out of control. The gospel is about right now in this moment, today, the choice that you make, the life that you live right now with the people around you. And that that is reflective of the beauty unconditional love and compassion that God offers us. And in those moments of choices, of doing the next right thing, tomorrow will be affected, but it shows to our world, to people that are hurting, that there is hope because we are living as people of hope, of recognizing that hope is right now here in this moment by doing what we can do to bring that hope into reality. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for days like today that we can celebrate you and look into scripture and your word that teaches us so much about life that is scriptures that are ever changing and morphing to our everyday lives and Help us to recognize those moments and those truths that we need in these moments of uncertainty and lacking of hope, that we find renewed hope, that we find renewed compassion. God, as we operate in this world, may we truly embody and model what people of hope are. people that recognize what we can do and we do those things that we can to help others to show and spread your love to those around us. May that be our future. May that be our tomorrow. May that be our next year. People that are reflective of your love and your hope to the world by doing what we can in the moments that we have. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the ability to be here in this moment together and sing and celebrate 
thank you for Christmas and the holidays. Thank you for Haas, his birthday. Thank you that he exists and what he brings to the world and to this community. In Jesus' name, amen.